back to Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast featuring your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Derek Terry. Joined somewhere out in the middle of the United States is Sean Smith. Sean, how you doing? Doing good, Derek. I'm headed east to Chicago and then south to Lexington, but I'm driving through the middle of Iowa right now. Big day for Sean tomorrow. I want to congratulate him. Uh, he, along with Jack uh, Pilgrim, whose birthday is today, so happy birthday to Jack. Uh, the Sources Say podcast will be hosting Kentucky Sports Radio tomorrow, uh, 10 to noon, right, Sean? Yeah, yeah that's right. I, I always forget the times of that show. I don't, don't listen every day. Uh, but they'll be there uh, live from Cass Bar. So tune in to those guys tomorrow. It's been a great opportunity for Sean. I'm very happy for him. Um, and, Sean, while we're at it, let's go ahead and throw it out to our sponsor, the Butcher's Pub. Three locations, London, Pineville, and Williamsburg, down uh, more so in your neck of the woods, but a longtime sponsor for us. We're very grateful for them. Get out and see those guys, wings, burgers, uh, pretty much anything you would want from the old pub uh, you can grab from there. Sean, today we're going to talk a little bit more basketball. Um, later this week I plan to do a football episode, but – it seems like every time we think maybe this Kentucky basketball roster has taken shape, there's another element thrown in. And uh, this other element, which is, you know, being very heavily discussed right now, is Illinois transfer Kofi Coburn. Yesterday, Coburn, uh, reported by Andrew Slater, Coburn withdrew from the NBA draft. He remains in the transfer portal. He says he is open to a return to Illinois, but, Sean, he told ESPN yesterday, uh, Jonathan Gavani, that he wants to make a quick decision and that Kentucky is a serious option. So as it stands right now, Sean, what do we make of this situation? I'd be shocked, right, if if it's, if he goes back to Illinois. I think that's what you make out of it. I mean, anytime that you're, you're talking in that story that Kentucky, names Kentucky as a serious option and cited that relationship with Orlando Antigua, Derek, and this is why Orlando Antigua was brought back to the staff, right, with his ability to build relationships and form relationships. Now, typically, you see that in recruiting, but with the transfer portal, you see that in a player that he recruited in the past. And I told somebody this week that those years that I was going to the EYBL before COVID impacted attendance and media and everything there, I remember Orlando Antigua sitting there for every game that Kobe Coburn played. And here I was sitting there thinking, why is Kentucky not watching this kid? Like, this is one of the most dominant bigs on the Nike EYBL circuit, and Kentucky hasn't watched him play. Well, kind of amazing how we've come full circle here, and now it certainly seems like Kentucky might get Coburn. And if they do, Derek, obviously it, it strengthens the roster. It does jam things up a little bit. But this would be the final piece, whether it's him or Jaron. It's going to be one of those two or nobody. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, this story, which you can read on ESPN.com, it came out on July 6th. So we're talking about a story that's a day old by now. But um, in the story, Coburn has quoted a saying, and he's talking about Orlando Antigua here. He's the reason I went to Illinois. When he left, along with Chen Coleman, I decided to go in the portal to leave my options open. He goes on to say that Antigua is his guy um, and that Kentucky is a serious option. So I, I think things sound pretty good for Kentucky. And that's kind of the bulk of what we want to talk about today is what this would mean to a Kentucky roster that I think sits at, what is it now, 11 scholarship guys or 12 scholarship guys? I know you necessarily don't have to count uh, Davion Mintz, but in regards to what the rotation will be, are we talking about 12 guys by now? 
who have a chance to play. That, that's the thing, right? You're, you're looking at every guy on this roster. Every guy on this roster, when you look at it, you can make a case that they can play, right? I mean, that's the thing, oh, yeah. guy. And that's why – and I've had a, and I've not been able to respond to everyone. So if you're listening to this podcast and you sent me an email or a DM in the last few days, I've, I've been on vacation. I've kind of tried to turn my phone off some, but I'm going to get to all of those. But I don't think this is a roster, Derek. I said it last week that Cal might want to dig up the, uh, the stuff about the platoon. But the, the more I look at this thing, I don't think this is a platoon roster. And the reason why, I don't think it's chock full of just NBA talent. Like, when yeah. you go back to, to that roster in 2014, 2015, you know, Devin Booker, Trey Lyles, Carlton the list was on and on. You had to sleep. Yeah, I mean, see that level of talent, but I see a lot of guys that can do a lot of things, and I think it's going to make for a very competitive roster, which is why I don't think he's going to platoon. I think whoever ends up being the best eight to nine guys out of this roster are going to play, and I don't think that's a bad thing because those eight or nine are going to be really good. Yeah, I agree with you, and I counted it up. Once I missed somebody, uh, as it stands, without Duran or without Coburn, they have 12 guys <laughs> who uh, are going to be on scholarship fighting for minutes next year. I agree with you on the platoon uh, thing. I, I thought the same way. This this roster is unique in a way unlike any other that Cal has had at Kentucky and just the experience that, that the Wildcats have. I mean, I don't know that you look at any elite high-end you know, you, you don't have anyone coming off the bench this year, I don't think, who's going to be like Devin Booker and, and take off in the NBA and or a guy like Tyler Eulis who came off the bench and ended up being SEC Player of the Year the next season, One of the had one of the best sophomore years in Kentucky history. Like, I don't see that happening. But you have a roster full of guys for the most part outside of the three freshmen who have a history of, of contributing in college, some guys more than others. I mean, a guy like Wheeler led the SEC in assists. You have a guy like Mintz who's played a lot, Grady score over 2,000 points in his career. Coburn, if they get him, would obviously be a huge one because he was a consensus second-team All-American who had 16 double-doubles last year. So those are very talented, proven college players where I get hung up, I guess, and I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the board. I'm, I'm on the side that says, yeah, if Coburn wants to come here, you'd be foolish not to take him. But if he does come here, it would change the way I've kind of thought about this thing all along because in my head – I've kind of penciled Sheboy in as a starter. And I know this is where we're going to differ a little bit. To me, I think you've already built a roster with these six guards. If you plan to play even just four of them, like I think you need to get that space, especially a guy like Wheeler. If you're on Wheeler on the floor, you have to surround him with shooters, right? You know, I just don't think it makes sense to play two bigs with him in the post. If you're going to be playing Wheeler a lot, I still like the idea of having that mix of Tata Washington, Kellen Grady, uh, Davion Mintz, and then I would assume one of the two between Frederick and Allen are going to be competing for playing time. I have a hard time on a 13-man roster seeing both those guys playing a lot of minutes. Maybe even neither of them, honestly, or maybe somebody comes up and knocks someone else out that I just mentioned. But I still want to stay, if I was Cal, I think I would still try to focus on that idea of having your options at the four, like Keon Brooks, Jacob Toppin, guys who might not shoot the lights out, but can at least provide more of a stretch presence than someone like Oscar Shibway would at the four. So that's kind of where I am on this. 
And uh, which I know that you kind of wouldn't be opposed to the idea of playing Chibwe and Coburn together. Is that right? No, I'm not opposed to it as long as you have shooters on the perimeter. And I, I think Kentucky has that. But what you were saying about Wheeler, I wouldn't play Wheeler with Shibwe and Coburn together because I would want – I think with him being smaller too, the, the thing that makes Xavier Wheeler really good when you turn on film is his ability to get downhill in transition and in the half court. If you've got two bigs in there, I don't think he can do that with his size. But a guy like Tata Washington, a lot taller, a better shooter, I think that as long as Kentucky has three really good, capable shooters at one, two, three, I think that you could buy playing Oscar and Coburn together if Coburn comes to Kentucky. But I agree with you on the, the front, though, with, with him. You've got to have shooters on the floor if you're going to play Xavier Wheeler. And that's where I would play a stretch four and Toppin or Keon with him. So I think that's the thing that makes this team so good, though, Derek, if they do get Coburn, is you have the options – and the ability to make it work, it's just you're going to have to really blend it together, I think, more so than he has in a lot of years because he's going to have – and it's not the NBA-level talent that we're talking about. It's guys that transferred to Kentucky uh, from other places and stuff that you you think these guys transferred him under the assumption and idea that they're going to play a lot of minutes probably. But most of these guys are going to probably play less minutes than what they did in their previous school. Yeah, I'm sitting here trying to think of the guys who will be um, maybe facing more of an uphill climb if this is the roster next year. And uh, I mean, I, that's what I was talking about. Pretty much what's made me rethink this roster is the recent, well, potential addition. Obviously, Coburn's not made a decision, but if he, it just is just hypothetically, if he does come to Kentucky, you would have him. And before that, we were talking about Jalen Duran. And then obviously, Mintz last week announced that he's coming back. Prior to all of these moves, I thought with the 11 guys that they had, there was a path. I mean, I don't know that everyone would have played, but I think there was still a path that potentially all the guys could have had some kind of role. Whereas now, with if they do have 13 players, it's just not realistic that you would have 13 guys who all play. So, no. to me, oh, go ahead. Well, sorry, I think I lost for a minute, I thought you stopped talking, but the one thing that I will say is there are a couple of guys on this roster that I think are going to be long-term guys, and I think Frederick's a guy that's going to play multiple years in Kentucky, Could honestly, Derek, I can see him playing three years in Kentucky, if we're just being honest. I think that that move was made more so for the long-term than it was the short-term. That's just how I feel about it. It's a guy that has the, the COVID blanket waiver that can use it in two years and essentially play three years. You've got Dante, who I think is long-term at UK, and I think Lance Ware is another guy that is committed long-term to Kentucky. So when you're looking at this roster now, these guys know that going into this? I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming C.J. Frederick probably transferred thinking he was one of the 20-plus this year. If you look at this roster – one of those two, like you said, I just think that one of those two are getting left out a little bit, him or Dante. Not saying they're both not going to play, but when you've got a Kellen Grady who's going to dominate minutes at, I think, at the three, I think he's going to lead them in minutes played at the three. I think Mintz is going to play a lot of minutes. I think Mintz will compete for That's how Washington is, and, you know, we're talking about probably one of the better NBA prospects on the roster – 
I think he's going to play a ton at the one and the two. So that kind of forces those two to a lesser role. But when you can shoot the basketball and you can get high, and we saw it last year, the games that Dante got high, Cal stuck with him. C.J. Frederick has that same capability. Uh, You can definitely – you have options, and it's it's not a bad thing. But Cal's certainly going to have – even if they don't add Coburn, with the return of Davion Mets, there's going to have to be some managing here when it comes to minutes played and things like that. Uh, the, the staff has its work cut out for them. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, if Coburn comes to Kentucky, there are five guys I would say that I will be watching closely in the preseason and early season to see what kind of roles they take on. Those five guys, we just talked about two of them, Dante Allen and C.J. Frederick. I think one of those guys – one, I think everyone's going to have a chance this year regardless to prove themselves because there's going to be some more games early in the year that are uh, more gimme games, more buy games, things like that, uh, where guys can kind of get their feet wet and get in there and see how they're going to contribute. But Allen and Frederick, I think, are two guys who – are going to have to play really well to have a regular spot in the rotation. And then I think two freshmen, Bryce Hopkins, who is very intriguing to me because, you know, I think he can play a couple positions, but both those spots are kind of loaded uh, in front of him. So I think he's going to be really good to get on the floor. And then two bigs, Lance Ware, I think we've probably said all along, is someone who, when you're talking about guys who are here for the long haul, I've got to think him deciding to come back to Kentucky this year that had to play a role because I think he had to look at this and think for sure that there was probably a decent chance they were going to add some bigs and he might not play as much. So if he's cool being here for long term, I think that's great. I just don't see much of a role for him this year. But the other guy is Damian Collins. Because think about this, Sean. If Coburn comes here, if you're talking about true positions, they would have two fives that are good and Coburn and Sheboy, two proven college guys. And then at the four, if you really like uh, Keon Brooks and Jacob Toppin, you know, I think it's going to be tough for him. And I know some people are going to say, oh, he's a, he's a projected lottery pick. Uh, some of the scouts love him. Like, I think when you look at him physically, uh, practice is going to be very tough for him uh, starting off. And I'm not saying he won't have any kind of role, but I think he's the kind of guy that if Coburn doesn't come here, you still kind of see a spot for him playing a lot of minutes. Whereas if, if Coburn is here, I'm a little less sure of that. Yeah, and – I guess it's a good thing, too, right? When you're talking about these freshmen, they're not going to be thrown into it. Like, in most years in Kentucky, these freshmen have to grow up really fast. I don't think that's the case for Hopkins or Collins. Now, Ty Ty Washington, I think, have to. 
because I think he's going to have to play a lot of minutes at the two and the one. But with the other two, you I mean, you're talking how many years in Kentucky, Derek, have we been able to sit here and say that Kentucky has four experienced guys at the four and five? Have we ever been able to say that? No, never. No, and that's that's the other thing, too. Like, in, and in a normal year, Damian Collins would be thrown out there into the, the hard times, right? He would have to struggle his way through being maybe some undersized with some weight and some issues and things like that. Cal's not going to do that if they get Coburn. I don't think Cal's going to do that if they don't get Coburn because I think that you like Keon and that stronger body at the four, Sheboy and that bigger body playing the four or the five, uh, maybe even lean Lance Weir if they don't get Coburn. Uh, it's going to be a different year, but I think you're right in those guys that you've identified that you're going to keep an eye on. How do they develop? But this is what Kentucky fans have wanted for a long time, right? They've wanted experienced guys on the roster. Uh, certainly these freshmen, and this is a different class. It's got two guys that I think have a lot of NBA potential, but then it's got a third and Bryce Hopkins, Derek, that I don't want to put a cap on because I really don't know what he can be. When you turn on the tape and you see some things that he does, you mentioned how he can play multiple positions. I think he's a guy that can be really, really good and honestly sneaky enough to where two years from now, we might be looking back and saying, wow, that was the guy in that class. Yeah, he's mysterious to me. I I would really like to see more of him again. I think his biggest thing is like, well, it depends on how Cal wants to play. Like if you want to play the three guards, you know, I think – from watching some videos I've seen on him, and I've never seen him in person, but, like, I think he moves pretty well. Like, I don't think it would be sh- – especially considering some of the guys that Cal threw out there to play the three last year. Like, I don't think it would be a far-fetched idea that Hopkins could play some three. But if he is going to fit that mold of kind of a smaller four, it's just you got a lot of competition in front of him. But, yeah, he, he I'm with you. Like, he's one of the guys I don't want to, like, totally throw off and say that there's, you know, no chance that he – I wouldn't say that for any of the five guys that I mentioned. Like – that's the beauty of all this is they're all going to have a chance to prove themselves. And um, if you're a coach, I think you have to like that the cream is going to rise to the crop, uh, the, whatever that saying is, rises to the top. Um, last thing I think I want to hit on, Sean, is uh, for John Calipari and also just for the coaching staff as a whole, in the uh, with the possibility that Coburn does come here, let's just say he does, and they get to that 13 scholarship mark, um, how much fun would it be, I guess, as a coach? I feel like if I were a coach and I had 13 guys that could all play, I would probably just spend all my time thinking about the possibilities. Yeah. I was sitting here using my coaching mind, thinking about all the possibilities. And I've sat down and and thought about some stuff and written some stuff out about the possibilities that this roster have. And the one thing that I think could go wrong, is does Cal play around with this thing too much? Is it one of those things? Because the worst thing, in my opinion, that could happen is we could be into December and January and him still not have a rotation set. Like, that's what you want. You want a competitive roster. You want competitive practice. But you want that cream to rise to the top, like you mentioned. And if it does, it's a pretty good mixture. And you feel like you've got a really good basketball team. And I think that even if they play, let's say they play 10 guys regular season. When it gets to the NCAA tournament or that SEC tournament, Cal's playing eight, possibly nine. Uh, As a coach, you want to play a smaller group. I know Baylor played nine, ten guys this past year, but John Calipari is going to 
kind of narrow that thing down to eight or nine. And when you have all these options, whoever those eight or nine are, I don't know if it's going to be the best. I think it's going to be the guys that he trusts the most. Who who decides to step forward and build that trust? There's already a couple of guys on this roster that I think you can already pencil in that he trusts. I think Davion Mintz is right at the top of that. Uh, I think Kellen Grady, his collegiate experience and stuff over the course of four years, I think he's going to be a guy that he can trust. But, Eric, if they add Kofi Coburn, you're talking about a roster that has no weaknesses. They're going to dominate teams on the glass, get back to doing what they did all those other years in Kentucky where they just kill you on the offensive glass and get easy baskets. They're also going to do something new that they've not done very well. They're going to shoot the three well. Uh, it's a roster that just does, I don't see a weakness on it. The only thing that I think could get on is if they don't develop that chemistry and that camaraderie together that comes with a rotation – because we got to see that last year where Cal would play guys. I think he went through every guy on the roster. I was waiting for Watkins to get in a couple of times. He played so many guys. <laughs> but that's the thing that I'm looking at the most is who emerges rotation-wise. Uh, does Jacob Toppin and Keon Brooks, do they split minutes? Does one kind of emerge and become the better guy there at the four? Does Jacob Toppin or Keon Brooks develop a, a consistent three-point shot to where they can play in three? Because I've been the guy that's saying put them at the four, but if Toppin or one of those guys starts shooting above 31, 32, 33% from three, you can play them at the three. But it's a different roster for sure. It's something that I think is going to keep us busy throughout the season. And talking about this, Davion Mintz really changed things. Like I, I had completely, completely ruled that out. But when he came back, it, it logjam things. I mean, you're looking at a roster, Derek, that – it's full of guys and full of possibilities. You essentially have three guys that can play the point guard spot. Yeah, going back to Coburn and Sheboy, I think that's going to be a big talking point if they play together. Does it make sense? Uh, I think there are good arguments either way, but one thing you would not have to worry about, well, I mean, if Cal just went and turned on the tape to that Mississippi State game in the SEC tournament, and the way Kentucky got bullied, unlike any, I think, time I've watched Kentucky under John Calipari, maybe that just sticks in his head when he's thinking about this thing next year. And if you have a chance to get a, a guy like Coburn, who's seven foot one, um, such a big body, who is very talented, yeah, I mean, I think you you got to make that move. So that'll be something we're going to continue to monitor, Sean. Uh, like he said in that story, he wants to make a quick decision. He's in the transfer portal. Kentucky is able to actively recruit him. Other schools are as well, and he said he will keep an open mind, but I've got to think at this point um, it's got to be down to Kentucky or going back to Illinois. And, and either way, I think Kentucky's sitting in a pretty good spot. So glad to hop on here and talk a little U.K. basketball. You got anything else you want to add, Sean? Yeah, one thing. This would have been the year that Cal probably would have liked to have the Bahamas trip, right, to where he could have got some yeah. games, five, six games under his belt with this roster. But – you have guys that have played college basketball before. You have guys that have played college basketball at the highest level. You add a guy like Kofi Coburn to your roster if it works out for Kentucky. You're adding a guy that was on a team that was the number one seed, an All-American, with a guy like Oscar Sheepway. I just don't see any weaknesses. To me, Derek, the only weakness would be if Cal can't blend it. And I would be shocked with this track record if he can't blend it and turn has final four potential. Yeah, I mean, it is different, though, like we've said. I mean, it seems at UK, when you're talking about blending talent, it's often been younger guys, whereas this team, I mean, I, 
I still think about a guy like Frederick. Like you said, maybe he came here knowing he was going to play, you know, two or three years anyway, and he wasn't necessarily all that concerned. But you're still talking about a guy, though, who was starting at his old school, was set to probably be the guy at Iowa this season. And then you're talking about potentially going to a new school, albeit closer to home, uh, but still maybe taking a big step back. Like, I think you've got to be a pretty uh, selfless player to do something like that. It's going to be little things like that that I think Cal's going to have to manage. Um, but, again, you're talking about a Hall of Fame coach who will probably be more motivated this year than maybe any other year he's been here. Uh, but, Sean, if you have, if that's it, we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up. Unless you have anything else to add? No, I think it's got it covered. All right, well, we appreciate everybody listening to Kentucky Daily. Uh, again, like we mentioned at the intro, Catch Sean tomorrow uh, with the Sources Say podcast hosting KSR at 10 a.m. Uh, hopefully, we can get another episode of Kentucky Daily in here in a few days, probably one talking a little bit of football. Quick update on Dare Rosenthal, the LSU football transfer left tackle, uh, still kind of in a holding pattern. Things still look good for Kentucky, but as we recorded this a little afternoon Eastern on uh, Wednesday, still nothing official. Uh, but he is Sean Smith. I'm Derek Terry. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another episode soon of Kentucky Daily.